Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopeck. And it is a rainy, gloomy April day outside, but we are feeling super positive and full of light today inside, aren't we? Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully this message helps bring you some much needed extra light as well. Um, Today's message is going to be coming from Corinthians, and it is about growth and um, keeping God at the center of that growth and recognizing that you're not growing through your own strength. It all has to come from God and ways that you can work that in your own life so that you see faster growth, um, but also deeper growth, more purposeful growth for you. And so that you're not just running around in circles all the time, right? We want to keep moving forward. So that's what this podcast is about. I can't wait to get into it. But before we start, I just have a few short little announcements to make, and then we'll start. Welcome. Um, Today's episode is going to be a lot to do with spring. I'm excited about it. I'm going to be talking from 1 Corinthians about building and planting and watering and God's power in our lives. Um, You know, we've been getting so much rain lately and it can be really tough when my children are inside the house because they can't play outside. They turn my home upside down. Um, it's just, everything's a mess. I get super anxious because I feel like overwhelmed by all the things that I have to tidy up, straighten up, clean up, you know? Um, and then of course there's all the yelling, trying to get them to listen to me and it's frustrating. I would just like to have some more sunny, nice days. Um, I feel like I need that warmth on my face. I feel like I need to, to experience just, you know, the beauty of, of spring without all this rain. But the other day I was standing out in my yard and I was noticing how many lush green patches of grass there were. And I thought, well, you know, I know that we kind of need this rain. Um, This is what makes flowers grow. This is what makes spring spring. And it's the same in our lives. Um, This is an analogy I know that's used quite a bit. Like you need rain to make the flowers grow, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's a good analogy. And I think it really works for right now because Spring is also a time for, you know, fresh life. And for those of us who have been addicted to dieting and obsessed with our food and our bodies, it's a reminder that summer is coming and bathing suit season is coming and warmer weather is coming. And we're not going to be able to just hide in sweatpants and sweatshirts anymore. You know, skimpier clothes come out. We also have to face a lot of photographs of women in bathing suits, a lot of images of women in skimpy clothes, you know, portrayed all over the place because there's advertising for this kind of stuff going on now. And it's difficult. It's, 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 it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. We feel this rush to hurry up and get fit, get healthy, get thin, whatever. So I just thought that this would be kind of like a good analogy to use, um, for this week's podcast. And I, I'm just going to jump right into first Corinthians here. It's, 
1 Corinthians 3. 3, 5. What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters has one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Then it goes on to um, 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. Verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. I'm skipping over to verse 14. If he, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only one as escaping through the flames. Let's think of this in terms of our bodies and our food issues. I think everyone can understand that need to like get to the place we think we're supposed to be with our bodies, get to the place we think we're supposed to be with our eating. We struggle, we battle, we fight ourselves because we just want to be healed. You know, it's like, why can't I just get this? Why does it have to be so hard? How come for years I'm going around and around and around in a circle trying to attain just a normal relationship with food, a normal relationship with my body? And how can it be knowing that God wants that for me, that he could allow it to take so long. You know, there's a lot of things that I feel need to be improved upon about myself. And I'm like, all right, well, if God's the only one who can truly change me, then what is taking so long? And what is it that I need to be doing to hurry this process along? We're all, I think, people of, you know, hurriedness. We want things rushed. We don't want to take the time we just want to get to the end point. Point A is where we're at right now, and we don't like it. It's uncomfortable. There's anxiety there. We don't like what we see in the mirror. We're fighting how you know we handle food. And then there's point B, which is where we want to hurry up and get to, where we have a normal relationship. We don't hate what we see in the mirror, and, um, and we have some peace. We all have this idea of what the journey is supposed to look like from point A to point B. And I think that anytime we can look back, at least I'll use myself, anytime that I have looked back at areas in my life where I have come from point A to point B, or at least gotten quite close to point B, because I feel as though we're never really at point B, right? Like life is the journey to point B. And when we get there, we're dead. We've been perfected or whatever. So we're just trying to get close to point B. Um, I've just noticed that God never works 
the way I feel like he should work. He never does things in any sort of way that looks anything like what I've imagined it to look like. And when I think about my negative behaviors around food, none of them really have to do with food. They all have to do with ways that I feel about myself, stories that I've believed about myself that the world has told me, where I feel my place is in the world. Um, They have to do with walls, keeping walls around myself, keeping relationships at, you know, a certain distance, Um, even keeping a sort of relationship with myself and being in tune with myself um, at a further distance. Food is just the symbol. Food is just the object. Food is just the, it's just the, the tangible thing that I use to really protect what is going on deep down inside me. And God is supposed to be what we use for that protection. God is who we're supposed to go to with everything. God is who we're supposed to be trusting. And whatever God has to do to get you to the point where you're closer to making him number one in your life, he is going to do. So healing your food issues is not about healing the surface stuff. You know, the things on top, the the cravings and the desires for certain foods um, you know, the, the hungry belly, the, the overfull belly, um, all these sorts of things that just kind of like point you into the direction of eating that will be resolved as things deeper within you get resolved. And this is why it takes so long to overcome food Addiction, well, I don't want to say addiction because you can't really be addicted to food, but food obsession, you know, um, body hatred, body shame. If we're not really opening ourselves up to God, if we're not letting that rain be experienced in our life, if we're trying to continue to always be in the sunlight because we're afraid of what the rain is going to do to us, we're going to continue to see the same sort of behavior with our food. It's not going to change. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, and we can have that seed planted in us that's this great desire to really not have a food issue anymore. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've all been at that point in your life where you're just so desperate to be healed. You're just so desperate to not have this problem anymore, you know? And it's like, I will do whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, I will do. But I think that sometimes, I think that we fool ourselves into believing that that's true. And I think that only God can get us to that point where we're really ready to receive the light that's going to change us. And In order to receive that light, we have to be really open to whatever it is that God wants us to do. 
And the number one thing that God wants us to do is to surrender, surrender. You know, we hold on to so much control over food. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons why we love dieting. We go to dieting because it makes us feel as though we have food in control. It makes us feel as though we're getting our bodies into a controlled space. It's not just this like crazy, horrible eating pattern slash guilt, shame, body disgust. You know, it's like, okay, I've got a plan. I've got a path. It's tangible. We can see it. It's, you know, written out in points. It's written out in calorie counting. It's written out in checking your macros or whatever. And we have a vision of what our body is going to look like. And we hold on to that vision. That vision is hope, right? And the plan has been given to us by somebody who we know is successful and 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 an authority on the issue. God is the same. Nobody's more of an authority than God, right? Nobody's more of an expert on anything than God. And we know that God's plan is always the best plan. What's hard for us is that number 1, it's not tangible. It's not something we can see. It's not something we can touch. It's not something that is the same for everyone. It's not like, you know, you can hear people's testimonies about how God has changed things in their lives for them, but that doesn't mean it's going to look the same for you. Um, There's no guaranteed time strip on it. It's not a 21-day fix or a 30-day whole food. We have no idea how long it's going to take. And the end outcome is not the hope that we have in this vision of our bodies looking a certain way, like having six pack abs or at least just like smaller hips or whatever. The hope we're supposed to have is in the vision of Jesus Christ. Jesus is our hope. And so that's where the self gets in the way. That's where the flesh gets in the way. That's where the sin gets in the way. Because we're trying to change ourselves to fit a mold we believe to be truth. When really what it is, is It's a lie that we've been given from the world that tells us you need this in order to be happy. And God comes along and he's like, no, you need Jesus in order to be happy. And that's why it says, um, in, in, in Corinthians four, no one, can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. What God is saying is that all those other things that you might be using to build something on the foundation is darkness and God is light and God is day and God will bring it to light. God will show you that what you're trying to build yourself with is not really working because it doesn't have Jesus Christ as the foundation. Are you trying to get a better relationship with food because it's painful for you? Are you trying to get a better relationship with your body because it's painful for you? Are you trying to become a normal eater because you believe it will solve so many of your problems. If we aren't making Jesus the center of our healing, we're not going to experience healing. 
And the only way you make Jesus a center is by being a servant. I'm going to say that again. The only way you make Jesus the center is by being a servant. You have to want healing because it means it's going to bring you closer to God. You have to want healing because it is what God is asking of you. It can't be because it's just painful and I don't want to experience these feelings anymore. If you're not getting the message right, you're not going to experience the growth. And the only way that the message is ever brought to us is through the rain, through the grayness, through the dark areas, because that's where we have to go to, because that's where these, what's the word I'm looking for, defenses are coming from. Our defenses, you know, they're there to protect us, yes, but so many of them are actually coming from dark places. Because we know the defense that we have in Jesus Christ, right? The fruits of the spirit are a huge part of our defense. Faith, goodness, love, kindness, gentleness. Um, I don't remember all the fruits of the spirit. Sadly, I probably should, but I can't. But, but that's how we're really supposed to be battling the darkness. Not by using more darkness. But that's sin, right? Sin is just simply more darkness. It's, it's, you know, when we're hating ourselves because we can't get control of our eating. We're hating ourselves because we can't stop allowing the sin to protect us. And the way that you stop allowing the sin to protect you is by using light. By using what God tells you to use. And that is love. That is kindness. That is patience, gentleness, the fruits of the spirit, right? With ourselves, with our souls entwined with God who is leading us. We're battling ourselves using the wrong weapons. We're battling our issues using the wrong tools. And we have a false expectation of what the outcome is supposed to be. Because we don't want to believe it's going to be anything other than what we think it should be. You want to stop having food problems. But do you want to stop having food problems at the cost of gaining weight? At the cost of not losing any more weight? at the cost of staying the same weight. What is the driving force behind your reasons for why 
you want to end some of these issues. Because if it's not Jesus Christ, what he stands for, what your relationship with him stands for, you're not going to get a lasting, tangible, beautiful um, life, I guess. You're not, you're not going to have that peace because you're building a foundation on something that is other than Jesus. And, and it says, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as, an, as one escaping through the flames. He will suffer loss. Oh my gosh, if I think about the amount of loss I have suffered from hating who I am. Despising what my body looks like, comparing what my body looks like, comparing what I'm eating. I was looking at a newspaper clipping the other day of me when I was a little kid. And uh, there's this girl sitting next to me in it, and she was a good friend of mine growing up. And she was just one of these girls, real thin, could eat whatever she wanted. I'll never forget one time she slept over my house and she tried to get me to go jogging with her down my street. And I did not jog. I didn't exercise. I didn't, you know, I played kickball, but that was about it. I mean, maybe we were in the fifth grade. She did it out of love. You know, she wanted to see me be who she felt I could be, right? But it was like, I'm not you. I can't be you. I can't run easily. You know, my thighs rub together and a fire will start between my legs if we keep going at this pace. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't, it's not just about getting up and jogging for me. It's not just about having a metabolism that burns food faster than I can eat it. That is not my story. You know, and while I appreciate people who care about me that want to see that be my story, it's just not. That's not who God created me to be. And that's fine. But I do remember thinking that I wish that's who God had created me to be. I didn't understand why I couldn't eat whatever I wanted, why running had to be such a challenge for me, why I was so fat. And here was a friend of mine who was just naturally so thin. What had I done wrong? What was she doing right? I mean, it's hard not to feel, especially when you're at that young age, that this person next to you is better than you because she gets to eat whatever she wants and still has these stick thin legs and you don't. So somehow God has a little less love for you. 
somehow you're just a little less worthy than that person. It's hard not to believe these things about ourselves. But God is there to disprove those things. God is there as we get older, as we mature, as we start understanding our relationship with God, who he is, who we are, who Jesus Christ is, you know, who we are as believers. As we start to really take hold of the truths that we're reading in the Bible, God is there to prove those truths to us. But they're not proven without faith. They're not proven without surrender. They can't be. He calls us to let him do the work. We can water and we can plant, but nothing grows except God who makes it grow. And I love how verse nine says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. It's like, do you think God wants anything in his field not to grow, not to be absolutely 100% light and glory and beauty? He wants a strong, gorgeous building. It's him. It's his. Of course he wants those things. But only God can make that happen. He will plant the seed in you. He will guide and lead you. And you have the choice to accept that guidance, accept that leading, or to not. You have the choice to build the building you want. You have the choice to plant the seeds that you want to see growing in the field. Or you have the choice to make Jesus Christ the center of everything and have something that's really everlasting and blessed where you are not suffering loss. This is why I gave up dieting. I was suffering too much loss. There was too much brokenness for any human being to be able to heal it. A diet was not going to heal what needed to be healed. Neither was going on a plan that lasted a month, two months, a year, three years. I mean, everything that I've been working on with God over the course of my relationship with my food issues and my body, through the bulimia, through the, the, the you know, the res really restrictive times, the times where I was over-exercising, the times where I wasn't exercising at all because I just needed a break from it. Every single day that I have woken up and had this be such a large issue in my life has been a day of restoration for me. I truly 100% believe that. I don't see it every day. I rarely see it. But I know that God is there to perfect me. That is what I am promised as one of his children. 
and that he takes everything and turns it for our good. So if that's the truth, and we know that God cannot be anything other than truth and light, then there is never a dark day in my life. There is never really a dark moment. There is really never a, a, a time of, of out of control unless I'm focusing more on my flesh. I'm focusing more on my sin. I'm focusing more on the darkness that has twisted things for me, made me believe that I needed certain things in order to thrive, in order to have peace, in order to have joy, like a perfect body, like total control over my food. We want to believe we're in control. Think about it, man. If you plant something and you water it, and then you have to turn to somebody else and say, okay, I'm going to trust you to have this grow. And days have gone by, weeks have gone by, and you're not seeing this thing come out of the ground yet. And you're looking at the person who you've entrusted to make this grow, and you're like, what are you doing? I could do a better job than this. That's a lot of what it is like with God. We are not patient. We don't, we don't have the capacity to understand God's perfect timing. And we don't have the capacity to understand how God weaves everything together for really our good. And that's hard for us to accept. When we're in the middle of our pain, when we're in the middle of a binge, when we finished a binge, when it's bathing suit season and you're looking at yourself in those horrible dressing rooms and all you see is this big belly sticking out. And you're wondering, where is God in all of this? Why are you still being burdened by all of this? You feel in your core like you really want to give this up, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. You're screaming this out to God. Just, I can't do this anymore. And he doesn't wave the magic wand. Nothing looks different to you. Nothing feels different. And you tell yourself, I just have to work harder. I have to be, be stronger. I have to have a smooth path, get it correct, get it looking right. What you're really doing is just being impatient. What you're doing is seeing a very human, a very worldly, 
perception. You're not using the eyes of faith. And faith is the, is the most powerful tool we could possibly have as Christians against battling our issues. The belief that we are being healed, regardless of what we see. Faith is about not seeing things. It's just about trusting and hoping and believing. Everything needs to be so tangible for us. I believe God is working on my food issues when I'm what? When I'm not binging, when I'm in control, when I'm losing weight, when I'm working out consistently, when I'm not giving into my cravings. When I'm showing self-control. We believe that we don't have what it takes. We're missing the boat. We're not good enough to get over it. When I can't get control of my food. When I don't fit into the size I think I should be fitting into. I used to fit into. I want to fit into. When I feel fat when I see myself in the mirror. When I secretly engage in hiding what I'm eating, hiding my food. We don't see the path of poor patterns, poor choices. We don't see that as at all as a place where God is working. I think a lot of times I actually feel like that's where I've taken over. I'm such a mess. I'm not giving into God. I'm not surrendering to him. I'm not trusting him. You know, it's like, oh, God loves me more when I'm being successful at something that I have given over to him in prayer. But when I'm a mess, when I don't know what I'm doing, everything is out of control. I'm back to square one again. I feel like that's because I've tried to take control of things too much. And so I get down on my knees and I ask God to help me more. I haven't been trusting you, God. I haven't been allowing you to be, you know, the leader here. But I want you to kind of open up your mind a little bit because so much of what's going on in those moments are these feelings of shame and guilt and condemnation, which God tells us in the Bible we're not supposed to feel. That's not, those are not feelings that come from God. When you're walking with God, the path is not always going to be a straight path. It's not always going to be a path of success. 
where I was very focused on my weight. Everything in my life was feeling out of control. I was in some really in-depth therapy and having some crazy discoveries about, you know, why I am the person I am. And um, my husband was doing the same thing and financially we were really struggling and just, you know, I mean, whatever. It just, my world was in a whirlwind. And the only thing I felt I had control over was weight loss, losing weight. If I can just lose weight, this will make me feel better. This will show me that I still have control over something in my life, that I am capable of giving myself something positive, something good without somebody else taking it away. And this is what happens when we are involved in dieting. You know, it's weight loss. We do feel like it's something we can give ourselves without somebody taking it away. I mean, unless someone is force feeding you, and not allowing you to work out, keeping you chained in a basement somewhere, right? You can't really blame anybody else for the fact that you've put on weight. I certainly can blame diets that I've lost weight and gained the weight back simply because diets don't work in the long run, right? I can't stand there and say, oh, I'm making a healthy choice. I'm trying to live healthfully now and tell myself that living healthfully does not include eating whatever the heck I want. Because it does. But you can't blame anybody else if you gain weight. You can only blame yourself, your body. And so... It's the same for losing weight. Who else do you congratulate? You have things to help you, right? Some of us have personal trainers, a gym membership, a nutritionist, whatever. But it's really you putting in the work. There's, there's great things about that. There really are, especially if you're like feeling like you're motivated to start making some physical changes in your body and you are motivated to start making some eating changes that don't include restriction, but maybe include more mindfulness, more focus. So there I was in the midst of all this stress. And the weight loss wasn't happening, let me tell you. It wasn't, I was restricting, 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 restricting. Scale would go down, I'd get stressed. I'd drink a bunch of beer, I'd eat a bunch of crackers, boom, scale back up again. So what did I do? Well, I wasn't able to refrain from drinking the beer and having the crackers, couldn't control that because of my stress. So I just, someone, or not someone, someday, one day, I threw up everything. And it happened continually for a little while. And I asked, God, what is going on here? I thought that this had been taken care of. And I heard God say to me, you're not done healing. Sometimes God takes things away from us, but it doesn't mean that we've been healed.
it might mean that we just need a break from it for a while. That he's got other things going on in our lives that he needs to be working on with us. Sometimes it means taking it away in order to have more of an impact when it comes back again later on in your life. And that was the circumstance with me. It scared me so much when I started to experience bulimia again. It was like, whoa, you really are in trouble here with your stress. You've got to figure something out. And it wasn't just the stress. It was surrendering my circumstances to God around my body again, recognizing that I may have the seed planted in me to want to have a healthy body, but God is the one that brings that healthy body about. I don't have the power to do that. I can't control my body. I might think I can for a while. I might be able to manipulate it for a little bit. And I gained more weight when that bulimia came around. Which didn't make me feel any better. But there was also kind of a little bit of peace around it. You know, have you ever had God, I don't want to use the word punish, but just sort of nudge you a little bit about something you know hasn't been right with the way you've been handling circumstances, hasn't been right with your thinking. And as much as you don't want to face it, there's a little bit of like peace, like you just relax. You're just kind of like, oh, good. I don't have to deal with this anymore. God gets it. He knows. It's time. Okay, take it from me. You know, that's kind of how I felt around the bulimia and my weight through the second go of things. It was like, all right, I've put on more, more weight. This does suck. But I am ready to say finally that I'm not going to be able. <sighs> in a minute, honey. And my kid just came in. Um, what was I talking about? I was ready to hand it over. I didn't want to be bulimic. I didn't want to keep gaining weight either. And I knew that that was going to happen if I continued to do what I was doing, eating and throwing up. You can't tell how many calories your body is consuming in a binge. So why do you think you can tell how many you're getting rid of when you throw up? I was tired of restricting. I was just tired of it. And maybe you are too. Maybe you're just tired of it and you're ready to surrender. But God is in control of all of it. He really is. And it's hard keeping Jesus at the center. It's hard keeping Jesus as our focus. It's a challenge every single day. We need God to help us through it. Every moment of every day. You know, when you plant a seed in a garden and you water it, you don't just walk away and wait for something to happen. You don't just leave it there and not attend to it. You don't let the weeds come in and take over. You garden, right? You nurture that seed. You pay attention. You focus on what's going on. You want to know the weather. You want to know when the sun's coming out, when to water it. 
when it needs more sunshine, when it needs more shade, making sure weeds don't get in there. And that's our purpose here with our bodies and with our eating. We need to be attending to it all day long. But also trusting that as long as we attend to it, God is going to make something come to life out of that seed. God is going to reward us with something beautiful and vibrant and alive. I challenge you this week to just think about what it is you feel God has planted in you around the way you handle how you eat, around the way you are looking at yourself physically when you get undressed in the mirror, when you're washing your body in the shower. What messages are you sending yourself that are negative, that don't come from a place of love? And what are the messages that God's sending you? How is he telling you to make Jesus your foundation so that you and the Lord can build something strong and beautiful together? Write it down if you need to, but just focus on that a little bit and then pray about it for the rest of the week. Pray and ask God to help you. And don't think that every time you binge, you purge, you restrict, you make a choice that you've decided doesn't serve you well, that that means you've screwed everything up. You're not getting it right. You're never going to experience the life that you're looking for. Everything is about learning. There is no end to this journey. It's a self-discovery journey. It's a let's get closer to God journey. You just have to let it happen. And do your very best through the power of God, not your own power, not your own strength, but his. To keep Jesus at the center and understand what that means for you, specifically around how you're eating and the way you treat your body. I'm going to pray, dear Lord. We come to you today with so many struggles, so many doubts, so many fears. We want to see the garden of our eating and body issues flourish into something beautiful and colorful and healed. And we know that we can't do this without your power. So we ask God that you would bless us with wisdom you would bless us with strength. You would bless us with the ability to understand what we need to do each day to serve you through how we eat, 
and how we view our bodies. Give us unending, glorious love for who we are because we are yours. And no other reason than that, because we don't need another reason than that, God. We count because you say we count. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining me. Remember, if you're not already a member of my Facebook group, Christian Women's Food Freedom Through Faith, go to facebook.com slash group slash Courtney Kopeck and get the benefit of daily support from me as well as community with other like-minded women. And if you want to get to the other side of dieting where you can feel relaxed around food and beautiful in your body and grow your faith with God at the same time, head over to my website, CourtneyKopeck.com and sign up for my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. And as always, remember, your weight is not your worth. I feel the changes.